do that. It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Hour number two of a numbers game right here at Visa, the Sports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Fubo, Sling, Game Plus, and iHeartRadio. It is Gil Alexander. Paul Carr still to come. Champions League pick today. Is Chelsea playing? Yes, they are. Can we can we predict? I wish we could bet on what Paul Carr's pick is going to be today. The Chelsea under train yeah. coming into uh, the station. He's not going to stop today, is he? No. Brady Cannon will talk. Uh, Brady Cannon will join us. Talk. Uh, Brady will be in studio. Talk uh, Wells Fargo Championship with us. Why in studio? Because he hosts the uh, Lombardi Line at the top of the hour. We'll do golf as well. Um, and now from under a cloud of smoke somewhere in Southern California, you can follow him on Twitter at Spreadopedia. He's a point spread weekly contributor. Always fascinated with what he has to say about baseball betting and beyond. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Jason Weingarten. How you doing, Jason? Pretty good. How's it going? Doing very well. Uh, let's start with today's slate of baseball games. What have you bet, sir? Um, you know, let's see. I'll tell you one second. I'm pulling pulling everything up. Still, I bet the Dodgers. Dodgers minus one fifty five. Bueller. I bet Bueller against Al Soleil. Yeah, Bueller. I bet Blue Jays with Robbie Ray. Very exciting. I think I bet I got plus money, plus one one fourteen there. I think it might be a little lower now. Yeah, you can still get plus money though. Um, that's all I bet so far. All right, Robbie Ray. How do you handle a guy like that? Who's uh, you know, he's he's the same thing he is every year, right? He's a a big strikeout pitcher, but he issues a ton of walks, and when contact is made, it tends to be of the hard variety. When you put his career in the wash, what do you come up with? A guy you like to back, or a guy you're like, I'm betting him, but a guy I don't like to watch when I'm betting. <laughs> yes. How many? What percentage of games do you think you actually watch that you bet, Jason? Oh, now like very little, like like less than ten. It used to be like almost all of it. Now it's me it's too. Very little. Me too. And why is that? Is it because other things in your life have crept up on it? You don't like the nature of the game as much. Why? It's so long. Is one of the reasons. It's it's like just the games just push four hours sometimes. Um, you know, like Dodger game last night. I had a. Uh, had the second game of the Dodgers. I had them live, and I was just like, I don't even care anymore. You know, you can't win in the seventh, can't win in the eighth. Like, why am I watching this? This this tape, um, this exchange should be sent, should be recorded, Jason Kahn, and sent to Rob Manfred because it's two guys who love baseball and who love betting baseball more than anything in the world or did for a long time in my case, and we can't get to the end of games. Not because we yeah, can't. Just, not good. Yeah, it's that's not good. That's terrible. Um, but we can still make money off it, which is why we talk about it. Let's. Uh, by the way, uh, one thing before we get to uh, some of your thoughts on AL MVP and NL Cy Young, which I'll prompt from you momentarily. But on primetime action, which you were kind enough to do a couple weeks ago, which I do with Matt Brown, Daniel Alvari, and Kelly Bidlin, for those who missed it, uh, weekdays, 4 p.m. Pacific. Actually, it's 5 p.m. Pacific some nights. It's 4 p.m. Pacific others, um, 7 and 8 Eastern some nights, depending on whether we're on MSG Plus or not. Um, we do, we're live betting sports. We're watching things like the Phoenix Suns and the Cleveland Cavaliers unfold uh, last night. 
every night brings something else. You know, a couple nights or last week, there was a first quarter where the Celtics scored 16 total points, and Jason Tatum had 14 of them. Just sort of watching history unfold in front of us, and Tristan Thompson had to get a bucket to ruin history because three players didn't box him out. But anyway, things happen every night. We're live betting. We're just watching everything as, as it goes on. And Danielle, Jason, because you, you are the godfather. You and I have talked about first inning bets for years now on this show. Danielle is on this no, no runs will be scored in the first inning train. So I haven't, here's the thing, I want to have a conversation with her off air about what it is that, that we do betting first innings, but she keeps hitting, she's like winning nonstop on no's. So I don't want to like, I don't want to tell her not to do it because I don't want to get in front of the freight train. Um, do you agree with that, that system? Like I should just keep quiet until it goes the other way for her. I think you should book her. <laughs> I don't want to do that. That's such a great answer. I don't, she's my friend. I don't want to do that. I would never do that to Danielle, but that's, I, I do. That's the interesting thing. And by the way, let me just take a moment to do uh, to, to refresh out here and say it's uh, Gil Alexander, Jason Weingarten. It's a numbers game right here at Veasan, the Sports Betting Network, Veasan.com, the Veasan app, Fubo Sling, Game Plus, and iHeartRadio. Uh, talking all things baseball betting, and specifically, uh, when whenever someone that you know is doing. And by the way, this is in no way disparaging at all because I love Danielle and I want and I only want the best for her bets. Um, and by the way, again, great job that she's doing on my guys on the desert this week. It's phenomenal listening to her. But when I, I, I know that it's going to turn for her at some point, but all she's doing is winning. So I don't want to, I don't want to like say anything because it's like, okay, well you, you're, what you're doing is working for you right now, but you're saying, <laughs> cause you're the mercenary, you're like Booker. I don't want to do that. Should I step in now or should I wait is what I'm saying. I'd, I'd wait just because. In my experience, even when you're trying to convince people that that they're doing something wrong, they're not going to listen. So, you know, she'll she'll learn. She'll she'll figure it out. Yeah. Jason, but said, uh, all all good runs come to an end. Jason said, "Booker bets." That's an awesome answer. All right, uh, you had a thought or two last night. Uh, we were exchanging text one, or maybe in the last few days, one NL Cy Young. If someone was landing on that market right now, you had a thought about a certain Los Angeles Dodger. I think Bauer has a very compelling price with the Dodgers rotation kind of banged up a little bit right now. And there's talk of maybe him pitching on four days rest and, you know, he'll, he'll be having to shoulder a little bit of a bigger workload um, I, I really think Bauer is the kind of guy capable of easily going over 200 innings. And there's a lot of guys on the on the Cy Young list that aren't really serious contenders with with prices. So, you know, like Trevor Rogers, 30 to one. I'm I'm not betting that. Kershaw, 25 to one. I'm not betting that. Um, I do think Bauer. He was as high as 18 to one yesterday at Westgate. I see 13 to one still at uh, at DraftKings. Um, you can get a number between you know 18 and 13. You're getting a healthy guy who's who's able to compete with Degrom and Burns. Uh, I, I do still think Degrom is is obviously the front runner, but you know lat issue is the start of a problem. And yeah. if, if you have to look somewhere else, I, I think Bauer is the best price. 
It's an interesting comment. I mean, I, I have Bauer from before the season. I have him at a fraction of what he is now, right? I'm at like plus 650 or something like that. And as you said, as high as 18 to 1 available on Trevor Bauer, pretty much 15 to 1 consensus. The DeGrom thing, and I should mention that again, um, a lat issue, as you just pointed out, just for, again, going back to the whole Rob Manfred exchange we just had moments ago, from a baseball fan's perspective, please don't let this be a bigger injury to Jacob DeGrom. I mean, that's one of the pure joys of baseball, still watching that guy pitch, just a master of his craft every time his uh, start comes up. So, uh, Obviously, uh, not only Mets fans, but baseball fans in general wanting the best for Jacob DeGrom. But the, but the point is well taken on Trevor Bauer. By the way, I, I mentioned this last segment with Josh Towers. You know, the notion of, of action versus listed pitchers. Obviously, action has sort of taken over sports betting last year and this year. We always bet listed pitchers for the, the majority of our baseball betting lives. Do you... Uh, do you only bet listed pitchers still? Do you not care as you do not care enough to make that comment? Where do you stand on it? No, I uh, I specify if it's action or listed in my bets. Um, like I have a list, and the bets are listed, action, action, listed, action, 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 listed, action, action. So that's my last couple bets. You could see there were a couple listed thrown in. Yeah. Um, but sometimes I specify that I want these pitchers, and sometimes I just want action. I worry about people who had the Mets yesterday action at minus 250, and I just thought about it. I'm like, that's why you can't do that, because that's going to happen every once yeah. in a while. Um, okay. But you got bailed out. You got bailed out. PPD. That's right. Total bailout on the PPD. By the way, I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest the opposite either, right? Like, so we were talking about that. I wouldn't suggest, oh, well then big dogs, you should always just go action just in case. I was like, no, you'll get your head, you'll get your brains beat in if you do it that way, uh, as well. Uh, Nash, uh, let's go to the American League and MVP. Uh, so Mike Trout every year for American League MVP, you know, he's the short shot, if not the favorite itself. That's just kind of the world we live in in the American League, and here it is as we flash them up from BetMGM. He's 2-1. to one. The next shortest is Shohei Otani, who's on the hill today. I'll ask you about that momentarily. Otani plus 850. Byron Buxton, who, by the way, is just a machine right now at 9-1. to one. But you, you, there's another player on this board that you thought about last night. Explain why. J.D. Martinez, uh, mostly because it was last week when I bet him, he was leading – uh, MLB and home runs and RBIs and second of hits. And, you know, the Red Sox were on fire this week. They're a little less on fire. Still good, though. Um, I just wonder, in other sports, in, in the NFL and NBA, we don't give the MVP to guys on losing teams. So why does Trout have a monopoly on winning MVP on a, on a team that, you know, so far is is again not not trending towards the playoffs. What what what's his? You know, why why does he have a lock on this ward? I know he he hit a home run yesterday. His numbers his numbers are amazing. They're the best. You know, they might have ever been in his career. But why does any of that matter when the Angels keep losing? You know, and I know it's an individual award, team sport, blah blah blah. But I just don't understand the Mike Trout love. Why he's two to one on a losing team. It's worth saying because, again, and, and we should preface it all by saying we're not even a quarter of the way through the season. We get it. These things could change. But, yes, you're right. You look up at the standings, and there's the Angels again at 13 and 15, and you're like, you know, here we go again. 
despite the whole Trout Otani thing. Uh, that part hasn't changed yet. And you're right. If they end up as a losing team and say the Red Sox with J.D. Martinez end up winning the division, no one really thinks they will, but they're 18 and 12. They got a two and a half game lead over both the Yankees and Rays. Stupid early. We get it. But why wouldn't J.D. Martinez at 20 to 1 be a better bet than Mike Trout? For those reasons, it's worth saying. That's for sure. Where do you where do you stand? Again, only 28, 30 games into the season. Where do you stand on rookie of the year, AL and NL? They're not widely available, but where you can find them versus how you felt about it before the season started. I can't find them anywhere at the moment. I haven't been able to find them probably going on three weeks. So not seeing new uh, new new updates is kind of unfortunate. Where does where does your I think, where do your allegiances where have they changed? Um, Alex uh, Kriloff on on the Twins had a good week and kind of shot up the the and not NL, the AL leaderboard. Um, so that was nice. I'm still waiting on Jared Kelnick mostly. And in that the NL, I don't have much. I have like Brian Hayes who's been hurt. Uh, I just don't. I haven't been able to bet any of it because it's not up. Uh, we're talking to Jason Weingarten, spread of Pedia, uh, Point Spread Weekly writer. Um, all right, home run title. Let's go to let's go to that because I mentioned Byron Buxton earlier. Byron Buxton with his ninth ding dong yesterday. Uh, he Castellanos and Otani. Oh, not to mention Chris Bryant, the aforementioned JD Martinez, all one home run behind Ronald Acuna Jr. Few uh, few down there at seven is uh, Adalis Garcia of the Rangers. We have it 100 to 1, Jason. What is what is the best right now? What is the best ticket you have in pocket? Is it Garcia at 100 to 1 or is it something else? Let's see. Let me think. Let me think real quick. I have DeGrom. I have DeGrom to win Cy Young. I have a lot on that. And I have the Royals to win the AL Central oh. at 50 to 1. Oh, that's a nice one right there. Um, that that's a nice ticket that hopefully will retain some value a little longer. Um, Adolis Garcia definitely one of the better ones, and I don't think I don't think I have anything. I mean Shohei Otani, I have a lot on Otani at like thirty-five to one. He's you know been cut down a lot. I I, I like that bet, but uh, Adolis definitely has a shot. I think I think uh, it's a real crowded field. Is, is the problem. I mean, it's like a golf tournament real early where you have like 20 guys that are shot or two off the lead. It's it's like, oh, look at my guy. He's right there. It's right. Like, so is everybody else. So is everybody you know? else. So Jason, again, but just to clear. Oh, go good. ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying it's good. It's, it's a good number. I like it a lot. So you're on, uh, again, just to reiterate, you're on the Blue Jays tonight at Oakland. Blue Jays uh, still at plus money with Robbie Ray. You're also on the Padres with you, Darvish, despite the high number on the Padres, you and the Padres at minus 230. Value's value. Um, and you are on the Dodgers as well. Those three, did I get those right? Correct. Okay, you did not mention Shohei Otani and the Angels, the aforementioned Shohei Otani and the Angels. You can get at minus 125 against the Rays. Is that just a respect for the Rays non-bet? No, I didn't. I didn't bet it because the, the numbers came out real late when uh when he was announced and i was already kind of done betting so i didn't have a number for it i didn't i didn't think he was going to pitch today so i just had tbd as the the angels pitcher overnight might you bet it now 
No, probably not. Um, I might, uh, I might bet the strikeout. I might find a strikeout prop. You know, I might, I might try to find some, some different ways to play it, but I'm, I've been disappointed by the angels, uh, the last couple of days. I'm, uh, not really looking to, to get on them here. Let me, let me go to the other way. Last night, I bet and lost on the Detroit Tigers' first five. Detroit Tigers against the Boston uh, Red Sox. And the thinking was that Nick Pavetta had uh, completely uh, outperformed his actual underlying metrics. Uh, it didn't work out at all. Boston just absolutely shelled uh, Mike Fulmer in that game. Detroit on this season, by the way, Boston ends up winning the game. Not only did they win the first five, but despite some Detroit uh, offensive fireworks later, Boston outlasts them 11-7. to Are the Detroit Tigers so bad? I mean, let's do it from the bottom up here. Detroit right now is 8-22. and And again, if you project that over a 160-game schedule, quick math, boop, 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 boop. I mean, you're talking about 40-some wins, right? Like, that's, a, that's not even a 45-win season. Um, are they so bad right now that any bet on them, you know, obviously not any bet, obviously the number would dictate that, but even if your numbers say trigger a bet on the Tigers, you have to think twice, maybe three times about it? Maybe. I've been in that situation before in previous seasons. For example, last year with the Red Sox, I finally got to a point last year where I was like, I'm just going to veto all Red Sox bets for the rest of the season even. Even if there's a huge edge, I'm just tired of betting on this team. Um, and it turned out actually one of the one of the reasons, or I think, was there was a pitcher that I liked, Kyle Wright, uh, Kyle Kyle Hart. I don't know if you remember him last year. Yeah. Um, I think he ended up he, had, he ended up having lymphoma or something. Um, and I was like betting on him every start, and it was like, oh, maybe maybe that contributed to him pitching poorly. You know. Yeah. Um, For real. So so. Sometimes there's there's reasons that you're not catching why something's going wrong, um, but in the case of the Tigers, I just think they're a bad team that's in the beginning of a, a really long rebuild, and that's just what happens when you're bad. You you play bad, and you play bad for a lot of a lot of games in a row. I wouldn't be surprised if you got edges on them consistently, and consistently lost a lot of money on them this year. But uh, there's definitely going to be spots where you're going to be like, oh my god, they're you know, 265 or some, you know, average team or, you know, division, you know, White Sox or whatever. And you're going to play it just because it's a good number. And it won't be fun, but you'll win some of them. Yeah. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll win. Pirates were a great Sometimes. example of that last night against the uh, the Padres. You know, north of two, $2, you're like, well, it's Denilson Lamed. He's on a pitch count. Maybe we'll try this. And it worked out for those who did, two to one. Uh, since we have these up on the screen, too, getting back to the AL Central, can we show those AL Central odds? I know you have, you're invested, as you said, on in the Royals at 50 to one. So this is probably asking the wrong person. But um, if someone is looking at this division right now, the Royals and the White Sox are tied at 16 to 12. White Sox have some injuries. The revolt against Tony LaRusa, if you're reading some of the uh, stuff behind the scenes, seems to be seems to have started. Tribe is 15 and 13. They're right there. And there's the Twinkies at 11 and 17. You're getting seven to one on Cleveland. You're getting plus 350 on the Twins. Again, I know you are locked into the Royals, but would if someone came to you right now and said, "I'm thinking about a bet on the Indians or the Twins at seven to one and plus 350 respectively," those courtesy of BetMGM, would you discourage them? No, not really. Um, my my strategy in particular is uh, to wait, you know, and, and hope hope. 
all I could do is hope at this point that the Royals keep keep their pace up for another month or six weeks, maybe maybe into you know maybe even into July if I can hold off. But my my goal is essentially just to hold my Royals ticket and wait for the other teams to kind of filter themselves out. And if I have to bet the favorite to cover my risk, then that's what I'll do. But I do think the White Sox are incredibly vulnerable right now. Yeah, I don't like Larusa. I don't know if he's going to last the whole season. You know, no one, no one wants to hire a manager and fire him like that in the middle of the season. But you know, it's, it's a results business. So, at a certain point, you, you got to start getting those results. It is a results business for sure. By the way, we're, we're so early in an MLB season that again, we have a last place team in the, in the NL East in the Miami Marlins, whose run differential is plus ten. And everybody else above them in that division has a minus run differential, including the first place Phillies at minus 16. So, so early for all of this. That's just meant to express how early this is. Uh, That's just uh, baseball with a small sample size here, not even at the quarter mark of the season. Jason, always appreciate it. We appreciate all the insight, man. Thank you for having me. I'm going to go and see all these Text I got from angry agents last night after betting minor league baseball. Now <laughs> you buried the headline. We should have talked. About, we should have talked about that. Jason betting things that is upsetting agents. It's a whole other story. We're coming back. Brady Cannon on the Wells Fargo Championships in golf. We'll do that next on the Numbers Game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Alexander. Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. We get tweets at Beatty the Book. This is actually be a DM, this one. David Dorman. Sorry about this, David. But uh, he said, love all the tennis talk. Dan Weston is awesome. Is Karatsev Jewish? Great show, Gil. Thank you. <laughs> this, of course, David Dorman, is first and foremost on my mind as well. Because we want to know if uh, we can include on the leaflet. And the answer is uh, he was his, his maternal grandfather was Jewish and he was raised in Israel he moved to Israel when he was three years old his parents moved to Israel when he was three and he speaks Hebrew but I'm not sure he's a practicing Jew but because his maternal grandfather was Jewish we're claiming him he ticks a lot of boxes we're claiming him got to claim whatever we can uh talking about Oslin and uh, Karatsev if you missed the tennis segment earlier this is from Brad we get tweets once again spiderweb Gil it happened on Tuesday I was on the Angels at minus 105 Shohei was scratched went to a plus 145 dog makes it impossible to get off it uh that's what I'm saying with action just got to watch out for moments like that and if this baseball season is anything like the NBA season good lord injuries left and right uh Greg V quote I think you should Booker unquote has me giggling at work <laughs> it was a very funny answer from Jason um Anthony Teixeira, I picked up a Royals to win the division at plus 3,700 first weekend. Good for you. At least so far, so good. And then Tim Foote, quote, you should book her, unquote, best statement I've heard by uh, Jason. The yes will dominate the no tonight. Help that young lady out, Gil. By the way, uh, I should just say again, this is a couple tweets about that answer. I didn't expect it to go that way. But uh, I I love Danielle, and I just want it to be good long-term. So short-term, she's getting it done, and I don't want to stand in front of that freight train. But we will have a conversation about first innings. I promise you that. I will indeed. Brady Cannon is here, everybody, co-host of Long Shots at VEASAN, and, of course, uh, hosting the Lombardi line, as you do every Tuesday and Wednesday here. Yes, indeed. We've given Michael a couple days off now because it's obviously 
it is the football offseason. The draft is now over. So I believe Michael and I will resume. Uh, he'll resume Wednesdays uh, in August, probably roughly around that time when football really kicks into gear again. But uh, yeah, he shouldn't be working six days a week. During football, we yeah, can. Yeah, during football, you can get it done. But uh, yeah, certainly give him the summer off. Isn't that, isn't that how this breaks down? It's football and everything else, kind of. Yeah. You know, and you and me, baseball lovers, that's kind of unfortunate. Baseball, yeah. it used to be baseball and everything else, right? Way back when. But uh, Boy, I don't when remember. did it switch? Maybe about the 90s, early 90s? I don't, I don't remember it in my, you know, even when I was a kid and, and growing up in D.C., when they used to call baseball the national pastime, I didn't get it then because we didn't have a baseball team. You know, I was like, yeah. what do you mean the national pastime? I had two. I grew up with two baseball teams. Where did you grow up again? Bay Area. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And I'm a Giants fan because the A's didn't come around until the 70s. And, yes. and I'm a Niner fan because the Raiders didn't come till the 70s. It's interesting going around the country because the Bay Area really, really is divided, right, between if you're either an A's fan typically or a Giants fan, depending on what side of the Bay you grew and up And it kind of depends on when you got there. If you got there in the early 70s, you're an Oakland guy. And if you got there before that, you're a San Francisco guy. And, and they're right next to each other. Whereas where I grew up in D.C., Baltimore is just up 95, and we're two different worlds. Mm. Like, so it's just, it's, it's. It's cl- it's close. What I guess what I'm saying is Baltimore is closer to D.C. than San Jose is to to yeah. San Francisco, but right. that's all one Bay Area, right? San Jose still loves all the Bay Area teams, and Baltimore and D.C. for instance, completely different markets. Um, so really, regionally, it's very fascinating. In this country, it's very hard to explain to someone who's not from this country how that works, region to region, uh, with sports fans uh, loves. Um, okay, so golf this week. By the way, before we get to the Wells Fargo, which is what we're going to get your picks on here after the break, PGA Championship yeah. this month. I'll ask you again. Have you added any bets there? I did. Um, I, I mentioned I had Ryan Palmer. He was a first mm-hmm. bet I made a couple of months ago at 250 to 1. I grabbed Keegan Bradley after seeing uh, what he was doing at the Valspar, and I think he makes sense. He's won a PGA Championship before. I got him at 250 to 1 as well. And then I added a few this week. I took Bubba Watson at 150 to 1. I took Shane Lowry at 150 to 1. That was a crazy wow. number I found. Wow. He's anywhere from 60 to 90 to 1 and I was able to find 150. And I like Shane Lowry because he's a great wind player. And along the coast there at Kiowa Island in South Carolina, we expect to have some wind. Uh, so I took a shot with Lowry and then I also added Victor Hovland who's a much shorter shot at 30 to 1. Victor Hovland's got to break through here. What it very might soon. be this week? Might be this week. Oh, portent of things to come here at Wells Fargo. <laughs> but I'm saying, like, he is just not. You think about it, golf has never been. Do you ever remember the sport being in this good of a state? We were talking about it uh, off air during primetime last last night with all these young players knocking at the door, the Hovlands and the Burns of the world. Um, it's almost getting to the point where the guys, you know, the big names are like, hey, come on, young guns, get out of the way. We, we want DJ and JT and Rory and, yeah. you know, the, yeah, no, but you're right. Uh, the Sam Burns, absolutely yeah. evidence of what's going on. Will Zalatoris is an Will exciting Zalatoris. young player. So many that we're not even mentioning. We'll come back. We'll get Brady's Wells Fargo picks this week. Next on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander. The NHL and NBA playoff races are in high gear, and our experts are covering every angle to find betting edges as the regular season winds down. VEASAN hockey expert Andy McNeil tracking all the NHL action, and our senior NBA analyst Jonathan Von Tobel 
He has all the hoops insights. Every night, they're looking at the teams who are tanking and which squads are playing to save their season to find the best bets on the board. Our experts and the entire Visa team giving you all the tools to make the most of every bet, including our 24-7 video coverage, odds and analysis for every game on VEASAN.com, our daily members-only best bet emails, and in-depth coverage of every major event and point spread weekly. Now's the time to cash in on the push to the playoffs. Sign up for your 10-day free trial at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. That's VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Gil Alexander with Brady Cannon, host of the uh, Lombardi line today. And, of course, long shots that he does with Wes Reynolds so uh, so wonderfully, week in and week out. Wells Fargo Championship Tournament, uh, Brady. You and I were talking last last week, I think we talked about this. What are, what are the most beautiful courses you've ever played on? Uh, the Plantation Course at Kapalua. Um, the Olympic Club in San Francisco. Uh, um, Shadow Creek here in Las Vegas. And then just this last summer in September, I played at Harbortown where they play the RBC Heritage and. That might be my favorite. That really? Is, I mean, obviously, Kapalua is stunning. Every hole practically has a view of the ocean, but Harbor Town is really something. Just you saying Kapalua makes me want to go there. Ugh. How many times have you played Shadow Creek here? Twice. Whew. Beautiful. All right, Wells Fargo Championship Tournament details. What you got here? Uh, going with the big man, Bryson DeChambeau. This is a big boy golf course for sure. This is this is a real deal tournament too. You know, outside of the non-majors, we have Riviera, the Memorial, and, and the Wells Fargo is one of them. And you look at Torrey Pines, where the course, another big boy tournament where they play the Farmers. There's a few of these courses that I made correlations with this week with Quail Hollow that are big tracks that require uh, total driving is the stat I like to use where you hit it long and straight and Torrey Pines that is key it was key at Harding Park where they played the PGA Championship in San Francisco last year and I think it's key here and I've figured out with Bryson DeChambeau you know a lot of guys like Tiger Woods you name it whatever can play well at any golf course you look at guys that have won the career grand slam for majors their game fits anywhere Bryson DeChambeau, I think, fits certain courses, and I think this week is one of them. He won at Bay Hill. He, he finished fourth at Harding Park. Those big tracks where his length off the tee can be a big advantage, I think, is where he succeeds. And obviously, Augusta National, he hasn't figured it out yet. Finished 46 there last year. Didn't didn't really show any signs that he would figure it out either. Yeah, and it, and it may take him a long time. Phil Mickelson could not figure out the British Open for a while and mm-hmm. then eventually won it. Uh, so, you know, that, there's nothing wrong with that. Guys have certain styles of game, and I think you have to figure out where Bryson DeChambeau fits. Obviously, fit uh, a couple of months ago at Bay Hill, and I think he fits again here this week. Uh, he won at Winged Foot. He was fourth at Harding Park. He won at Bay Hill. These big golf courses, I think, suit his game to a tee. And I like him this week at 15-1. to 1. We mentioned Victor Hovland in the last segment. He was third last week at the Valspar, second at Torrey Pines. Uh, again, a course that I think matches up well here with uh, Quail Hollow. He was 13th at Winged Foot in the U.S. Open last summer. He's ninth on tour in total driving, 62nd on approach. And he's 12th in strokes gained on long par fours, 12th in the field this week. And and we know how well he's been playing, and, and you alluded to it in the last segment. This guy's going to kick the door in pretty soon. He's already won on tour before, um, but I think he might be primed and ready for another one. Webb Simpson is an interesting story. I grabbed him at 20 to 1. Number one on tour in scrambling, 13th in strokes gained putting. He's a member here at this course and really struggled early hmm. in his career. Because, first of all, the course that you play as a member is often much different from the tournament setup. But second of all, and probably more importantly, 
you have all the distraction of friends and family. Hey, Webb's playing at home this week, you know, and the tickets and the media commitments, and it becomes a distraction, and, and there's all that pressure to perform well. Hey, he knows this course better than anybody. I think he's gotten over that, and I also think it's a big factor this year. I usually like to go against a guy in a home game at a golf tournament. But this week, I think it's big. It's a big difference because you only have 20 or 30% capacity of the fans. So I think that's kind of the perfect amount of support, and it doesn't flip to the other side where it's a distraction when you have a full house. So I think Webb could hmm. go well here this week. He's got a couple of top fives in his career here, finished 18th last year at the Wells Fargo. And then my long shots were Brian Harmon. And this is a long shot because he's a shorter hitter. And I mentioned I think you need to be big and long for this golf course. But he's a wizard with the short game. Great at scrambling, great at putting. Does have a good history here. Some people be confused and they say, hey, he won the Wells Fargo. It was on a different golf course that year. They held the PGA Tour Championship in 2017 at Quail Hollow. That's a keynote for this week. So yes. they played a different course in 2017 when Harmon won it. But he still fared pretty well here. Had a ninth place finish in 2017 at Torrey Pines. He was 38th at winged foot. So he has shown that he can perform on some of these bigger tracks. Doesn't have the length off the tee, but can figure it out with other areas of his game. And then my longest bomb. Oh, I meant, I forgot Tony Finau. I was, was going to bring you back to SH. Tony Finau, huh? You didn't even want to mention him. Yeah, and maybe that's good. He has been kind <laughs> of flying under the radar, right? Yeah, I was, I was like And that. I don't often bet Tony Finau because we know his struggles to get into the winner's circle. But I think this guy probably matches up with the correlated courses better than anybody. He's never missed a cut here in four tries at Quail Hollow. He was fourth at Harding Park eighth at winged foot and he has a top six finish at Torrey Pines in four out of the last five years we know this guy can hit it a mile this might be his week <laughs> I just, we're hoping I just thought, I love that you skipped over him I was like I wouldn't have mentioned him either Brady, <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right so that's a bunch I am of on Tony and then uh, my longest shot was Taylor Gooch yes. at 125 to one never missed a cut at Torrey Pines he was third in 2019 there he was 13th here at Quail Hollow on debut in 2018 and he's played some big boy golf courses very well he was 12th at Riviera he was fifth at the Players Championship this year 53rd on tour in total driving, 50th on approach, and 69th in strokes gained putting. Been playing really well. I, I, th I thought he was a shorter shot than 125 to 1, probably closer to 100 to 1, so I took a stab with him. All right, and for those who are listening to this and say, okay, Brady's got six outrights again, explain the money allotment on the outrights versus, say, the head-to-head -head that you're about to mention. I basically try and win the same amount on each outright. So if he's 20 to 1, I'm betting X to get to Y. Okay. If he's 125 to one, I'm betting X to get to Y. You know, so and, and I'm putting that, a lot lower amount on the 125 to one. And how does that compare then to a so your your matchup that you have here? Is the matchups are my biggest bets. Okay, that's my best chance of winning, just according to the hold, the percentage. Uh, so the matchups is really where I try and make my hay. And if you hit a if you hit an outright, that's a bonus. But uh, went with Victor Hovland at plus 115 over Xander Shoffley. And I, I've seen a lot of people on Shoffley this week, but. I think this match should probably be closer to a pick'em, if not Hovland as a very small favorite. So at plus one fifteen, I liked it. All right, Wells Fargo Championship. There you have it from Brady Cannon uh, hosting the Lombardi Line. You doing it solo? Or you got a co-host? I got Mr. Reynolds alongside. Oh, I know that my guy. sidekick, Wes Reynolds. You can ask him anything. He's got an answer. Indiana good boy. One. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, I am aware that he is an Indiana boy. Uh, thank you, Brady. We'll look for you at the top of the hour, man. You got it. Appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to Paul Carr next on a Champions League slash Premier League heater. 
He's got another Champions League play next. A numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. A numbers game with Gil Alexander. Join the sports betting excitement with BetMGM, and you can win $100 for a $1 wager on either the Bucks or Wizards to hit a three tonight. Just use bonus code VSIN100 and get in the ring with the king of sportsbooks so that you can turn game time into showtime. Simply download the app or go to BetMGM.com for more details. Use promo code VSIN100. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, in Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It's Gil Alexander, by the way, that uh, game night uh, between the Bucks and the Wizards. Once again, Bucks favored by just four. They are on a back-to-back, though. Um, Wizards, now, by the way, it's three and a half now. So some money there in on the Wizards. I was just about to say, I think I will. Pl- I think I would play the Wizards in that at four. Obviously, three and a half, not quite as fun. Um, on a on a night in the NBA where uh, we're kind of devoid of marquee matchups, like there was last night, uh, Milwaukee getting it done, uh, a split couplet, if you will, uh, two straight games against Brooklyn. Milwaukee gets it done by three on Sunday. They get it done by six yesterday, one twenty four to one eighteen. So the Bucks sending that proverbial message to the Nets. Uh, in the NBA as we uh, come down the home stretch. Teams jockeying for position. We kind of know who the 10 teams in each conference are going to be, with apologies to the Pelicans, who still have a shot because they beat the Warriors last night, 108-103. to And teams are still mathematically alive outside the top 10, but we kind of know the 10 teams just sort of jockeying for uh, position at this point. Playing or not to be in play-ins. That's the real thing that matters in terms of seeding, obviously. 7, 8, 9, 10 versus top 6. Um, this from we, we have some hockey picks. You want some uh, a hockey pick injection from Andy McNeil before we get to those three, because he has three hockey picks. This is a statement. He, just, he sent me this yesterday. This is from the New York Rangers. You ever seen this before in hockey? The New York Rangers posted this. A statement from the New York Rangers. The New York Rangers are extremely disappointed that Capitals forward Tom Wilson was not suspended for his horrifying act of violence last night at Madison Square Garden. Wilson is a repeat offender with a long history of these types of acts, and we find it shocking that the NHL and their Department of Player Safety failed to take the appropriate action and suspend him immediately, or pardon me, indefinitely. Wilson's dangerous and reckless actions caused an injury to uh, Artemi Panarin that will prevent him from playing again this season. We view this as a dereliction of duty by NHL head of player safety, George Peros, and believe he is unfit to continue in his current role. Man, that's out of control. Now, as a Capitals fan, let me just tell you, everything they're saying about Tom Wilson is 100% true. Let me just point that out. Um, but, yeah, if if, uh, if Panarin can't go the rest of the year, I don't blame them for being mad about it. Here are your three hockey picks. This is from our, our guy, Andy McNeil, who will join us on the show tomorrow. Of course, Andy McNeil, our uh, hockey analytics guy at Digital Gambler. 
His uh, his three plays for the night in the National Hockey League are Tampa Bay minus one sixty. Tampa Bay, uh, the Lightning tonight uh, hosting the Stars. So uh, we're showing minus 155, but anything uh, minus 160 or better, he endorses. Winnipeg Jets, anything plus 110 or better. Uh, Winnipeg at Calgary tonight. And then Montreal, anything minus 150 or better. Montreal at Ottawa. So Tampa Bay, Winnipeg, Montreal. Hit three hockey picks tonight. Let's bring him in from the Expected Value Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, he is on a soccer heater on the show and notedly a Kansas City Royals fan as they sit atop, at least in a tie anyway, atop the uh, AL Central. It's Paul Carr. How you doing, Paul? Doing well. Clinging to first place. Hoping we can stretch that out for a few more months. What was that stat the other day where, there were, where people were saying this is the furthest out into the season the Royals have been in first place uh, since 2015? And you, I don't have to tell you what happened in 2015 with the Royals. And I lost a lot of sleep between uh, having a, a newborn. Actually, during the 2014 World Series, my daughter was born. And then, so yeah, for the next couple of years, there was not much sleep in October for a variety of reasons. Yeah, the, the 2014 World Series, of course, they were up against Giants Magic. So that was not to be. Yeah. Uh, but 2015. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't do anything about that. 2015, I remember having a, a bet on the Royals in game one against the Mets. And when Alex Gordon hit that oh, home man. run, I went nuts. Uh, man, I'm sure. I, it, yeah, I jumped off my couch ran around the house silently not to wake up you know, <laughs> wife or daughter. Yes. And yeah, it was, that's a, an all time moment. Was that against familia? Yeah. Jairus familia. Yeah, yeah. Jairus he, familia. he tried to quick pitch Gordon. He had quick pitched right. uh, maybe Salvi right before that or somebody. And Gordon saw it. He tried it again. And Gordon said, yeah, here's your quick pitch. If I had asked you before that, so people who are like, wait a minute, isn't he a dolphins fan? So Paul Carr is a dolphins fan and a Royals fan. You, yes. you grew up in Topeka, Kansas, I believe, is where you live now as well. Right, and my dad is from Miami originally, so my okay. dad grew up uh, with Dolphin season tickets, but they didn't have any other sports teams when he was there growing right. up, professional sports teams. So I got the Dolphins from him and picked up the Royals here. So if I had asked you before the Royals World Series win in 2015, if I had said, what would mean more to you in life, a Royals World Series victory or a Dolphins Super Bowl, what would you have said? Ooh. I think for me, I would say the Royals, just because, like, just grew up with it a little more personally. And there's something about, as you know, like making a baseball run, like you have to win so many games oh, and it gets it's stretched magical. out and it's, it's the best playoff baseball is the best, worst thing ever. Yes. Uh, it's torture. Yeah, I mean, we used to call it torture, even tremendous. in San Francisco when we would win world series, yeah. it was torture. I mean, when the Royals made it in 14, like they hadn't been in the playoffs since 85. So I, I was five at that time. So I didn't remember that. And I just remember even just that first wild card game was brutal and then the rest of the playoffs to the world series were pretty relatively easy for was the that, royals and was that swept the, their way through. was that the oakland days wild card game yeah what was the yeah, final score of that? Runs, yeah uh, nine to eight they're uh, down four runs classic in eight i believe that's and the thing about texting yeah that's that, i'm sorry to interrupt yeah. you that that's the thing about baseball because jason weingarten and i were talking about this earlier we love baseball we love to bet baseball but baseball is so hard to watch until the postseason because these games are interminably long, and and you just you just wish you're like a memo to baseball: be better, do better yeah. at everything yeah, you give do. Give me a pitch clock. Yeah, what give, I want. something because those Keep moments. Those guys in the batter's box. Yeah, all these moments we're talking about are indelible. It's like you just oh yeah that game against the A's and the wild card. Oh yeah that Alex Gordon home run. All right, um, let's get to the matter at hand. You have been nothing but fantastic on soccer yesterday. Another winner. 
for Paul Carr. Uh, Man City got it done 2-0. So, by the way, I also bet the under. So, I hit yours. I hit mine. That was fabulous. Um, Today, Chelsea's in action. Um, And we we have. (laughs) So, I don't. First of all, let's get your bet out of the way. What are you betting on this ball? Yeah. Your reference is solar. It's. There's, it's like I'm like a minus 1,000 favorite to yes. take a Chelsea under here. Yes. So that's what I'm going with. And I should say, so I played this Sunday night at minus 160. I've seen like minus 135 now. Yes. So I'm this not is, quite sure why. That was what I was going to ask you. Why? You don't know. I mean, Eden Hazard for Real Madrid is supposed to start. You know, they're getting, they're getting an attacker back. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't. I don't know if people are just expecting second leg craziness because I mean, you know, that could be a thing. I don't know if they're swept up in the first half hour of the first leg, which was wide open and kind of bizarre to watch before they all kind of settled down after that. So I'm not a hundred percent. I don't see a, you know, a red light flashing saying warning, warning. Uh, this is why the line is moving, but I'm kind of being a contrarian, I guess, here. I still like the under. It's kind of a prove-me-wrong sort of thing. Yeah, Las Vegas Chris uh, texted me just before this segment, anticipating yours, and he and he said, he goes, yesterday the under was minus, because he knew where you were going with this, too, on Chelsea under. He said yeah. minus 139 yesterday. He's seeing minus 127 right now on the under. So Yeah, I, I don't see an obvious reason for this unless there's, you know, news creeping out of Europe that I missed or something, but I, I don't see a plain reason other than, you know, people just expect second leg and they think it'll be more open. Well, this is, I mean, again, so it was different from yesterday, right? Man city had won the first game against PSG two to one. So we kind of knew man city was like, well, you know, a draw is fine. Even if they win one nil, it's fine. But you know, we're man city. We'll just go ahead and beat them. And, they, and, and right. PSG didn't have Mbappe as it turned out. So yeah. Real, Real Madrid and Chelsea, the first leg of the semis back at the end of April, that was one-to-one, another under that hit for you. But as we step away yeah. from our undercaching, so now it's just, it's, you know, it's just a game. The aggregate score thing doesn't matter at all here. This is just a soccer game right, much. to advance. Um, mm-hmm. And so how do you how do you expect each sort of goes about it script wise? Yeah, I mean, I think both teams are want to win this game one nil. You know, they're both kind of defense first, especially here in the Champions League knockout stage for Madrid. So I expect, you know, kind of a cagey matchup to use the classic soccer word where I expect to look a lot like the second half of the first leg where you know neither team's taking a lot of chances. They don't want to open things up at the back to give the other team opportunities. So I really expect it to be, you know, grinded out. Someone wants to sneak a goal and run away with it. And even the worst thing, you get that goal, you give up one, you're one, one, you're going to extra time. So I really think, you know, obviously things can change and we talk about all the time, one weird bounce, one weird card and, and, everything gets turned on its head. But I really just think both teams want to get out of here with a one nil win. They'd be very happy with that. And I anticipate that's the way both teams are going to approach this. All right. You've hit a bunch in a row here on the show, but going against the uh, steam, going against Mm -hmm. the, uh, the market movement right now in this one, Real Madrid and Chelsea. Once again, it's a noon Pacific 3 PM Eastern star. Nice to have these by the way, Mm midweek, midday, Taking the under on Chelsea, which is about, and I'm not making this up. This is about your what, 15th consecutive under on a Chelsea game? Would you? Yeah, I mean they're they've hit 20 out of 23 under Tuchel, and I think I've played, I I lost track, but it's like I'm 15 for 18 or something like that. (laughs) 
All right. It's, it's silly. I, I feel almost bad making the same pick every time, but it oh, keeps winning. So. Well, it just gives us a chance to talk ball about the Royals and the That's Dolphins. Right. That's all it is. There's Paul's piece at ESPN Plus if you want to read up more uh, about the UEFA Champions League. Uh, the Expected Value Podcast, wherever podcasts are distributed. Follow him on Twitter at Paul Carr, C-A-R-R. Thank you, Paul, as always. You bet, Gil. Have a good one. You too. We'll all be uh, betting the under. Jason bet it last night at a bad number, as it turns out. Uh, good luck with all the bets given out, including those three hockey we just did. Lombardi line next with Brady Cannon and Wes Reynolds on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. 